This is Jew 2, Tales of the Mixed Multitude. I'm Rabbi Emily Cohen. This episode is produced in collaboration with the Jewish Home Project at B'nai Jeshrin on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and with Labshul, a pop-up community in New York that I'm lucky enough to be resident rabbi for. We recorded the interviews for this episode at the Rabbi Rachel Cowan Chapel at B'nai Jeshrin. And it was great to share space with audience members from both the BJ and Labshul communities. Our topic, holidays. How do today's Jewish families celebrate? What traditions can be shared? And are Christmas trees really that bad? If I walk down the street and I see like a Christmas tree shop that's like just Christmas trees on either side, it feels like kind of like you're almost taunting me if you're like, well then you can't have it if all I see is Christmas trees. It feels like I don't know, it feels like, I guess in some way for some people it might feel like culture appropriation, but it also feels like part of the culture that I walk every day and like part of what I see every day and it feels like, yeah, I feel like if people put menorahs out as much as they did with Christmas trees, then more people would have a menorah. I don't necessarily even want to celebrate Christmas, but I don't even know what it is. I just feel like I've always just wanted a tree. I don't even know if that counts as celebrating Christmas these days. Just like having a tree and I feel like just engaging with that. And I think it's, the thing is, is I do feel like I don't want Hanukkah to be turned into something that's like less spiritual, but I also feel like I want Christmas to happen that way. And I know that that's a lot to ask. And I don't even know if I, Again, like, I don't think that I would want to celebrate Christmas, just kind of like taking part in some of that spirit, I guess. Um, so I'm Lucy, I go to Lapshaw, and I have a Jewish mom and a Catholic dad, but I've been raised my whole life as Jewish, and that's like what I identify as in terms of my religion. Lucy is one of Labshul's very newest bi mitzvahs. She's 13 and became a young adult in the Jewish tradition just a few weeks ago. So it's appropriate that we have her on this episode wrestling with what it means to be a Jew, with her identity as the child of a Jew and a Catholic in a society that, even in New York City, reflects Christian hegemony. And while Lucy may be new to Jewish young adulthood and the possibility of making her own decisions around practice, she's hardly alone in being uncertain about how to navigate all of the complexities that this season brings. I'm Jenny McAllister Nevins, Lucy's mom. I'm one of three children, and I have a twin sister who's married to somebody not Jewish. I have a brother who's married to somebody Jewish, although she didn't really practice much, but they certainly identified as Jewish growing up. And then I married to somebody Catholic. We're all active Jews and practicing Jews, but we all do it slightly differently. My niece's bat mitzvah, this is the brother who has a Jewish wife, was right around Christmas time. And we were all gathered together for Christmas. And my sister said, she tried to call very delicately and say, well, we're going to want to have some Christmas. Like, do you want us to do it at the hotel? Or should we do it with everybody? And my sister-in-law was like, that's how, you know, like, we don't have a Christmas tree. Like, I've worked so hard to get these children to not, you know, be interested in that. There's just, like, no way that's happening. And my sister was like, oh, it's fine. But she was kind of like, that's why I asked. Why are you mm-hmm. having that response? But in the end, my sister-in-law completely shifted 
went the other way, decided to like open it up like, oh, actually, it's an excuse to celebrate Christmas and isn't Christmas fun? And so really like we had a tree, the whole thing. And I think what it says to me is like, these things are shifting. I mean, if anything now, I think they're, they've moved sort of more firmly, like there's a part of Christmassy thing in their very Jewish family, always. And I think it's that, you know, I try to approach things from a shifting perspective. It doesn't have to be just one way, one right way, one wrong way. You know, and I do it differently from my sister and my family has a lot of opinions, but I feel like on this one, it's good to be a little flexible. It's interesting what these lines are, because of course, the whole idea of religion is to draw lines, right? There's people that are in and people that are out on some level. You identify yourself by a belief. But I do feel like that line drawing comes from a place of insecurity. And the reason that people, I think, sometimes are so afraid of these things is because, A, that line drawing has been used against us, as it always is by groups in power to keep people without power out. And we're going to South Africa, so I've been reading a lot about you know, race definitions in South Africa and how that kind of has gone down and, and how nonsensical that has been, obviously. And I think sometimes here, too, it's like, well, what's the line? But at the same time, it does feel like a slippery slope to say, well, I do this, I do this. And then it's like, well, then what does define you as a Jew? What is, what is core? If we, if we think this is a matter, what is core? My understanding is, first of all, and I was told this, you know, once, you can, once you're Jewish or you convert to Judaism, you know, you can't, you, you can't leave. Like, you, no matter what you do, you're, you're always a Jew. So, so that is, in a way, what makes us Jewish, is once we are a Jew, you, you don't leave. So no matter what I do, I'll still be Jewish, whether or not I want to be Jewish anymore. That's, that's sort of this, like, possessive nature of it. The line that we um, cross or that we don't, I do think that, you know, we, we live by a different standard when, I think, when we converted. You know, as, a, as someone who is a Jew by choice, I just, and again, I don't know what the fear is, but I just think it would be kind of weird if I converted and then said, oh, but I'm also going to put up a Christmas tree. Like, I, and I get what you're saying, like, okay, where is the religion in the Christmas tree? I, I personally feel like it is a symbol tied to a religious holiday. Maybe the Christmas tree is not religious, but it is something tied to it. And who's to say what's right for one person and not right for another? I just knew for myself, it just doesn't seem like it would be the right thing to do. We don't celebrate Christmas. Some of it is just, my husband is a physician, so sometimes he works on Christmas. He often, more often than not does. So it's, in a way, it's, you know, it's just not the flow of our household. My daughter is getting older, though, and she did, for the first time, she kind of asked for a Christmas tree, and then she's like, haha, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I do see, you know, the lights and everything's pretty, and then I looked in our building, we have this big, we live in a fishbowl kind of a building with the big windows, and everybody above us has Christmas trees, and then there's our house, right? So we have this huge palm tree, and I thought, you know, maybe I could just hang a few lights from that. Like, that would be okay. That would be warm. That would be nice. You know what Huga is? It's a Minnesota thing. Like, it's where we get cozy. That's where I grew up also is Minnesota. Um, and so I have these, like, nice little fairy lights that make everything nice and warm this time of the year. So maybe I'll put some of those lights around it just to, just to add warmth. And maybe that is getting towards Christmas. I don't know. But I know that the more, you know, especially with, with a kid, the more you say, no, you can't do this, you can't do this, of course, the more they're going to want to. So I don't really see the problem of, of letting in some of the things, you know, that make this time of the year happy. I am Cecily. I am a member of BJ. 
I have a daughter who just became a bat mitzvah um, a month and a half ago. My husband is Jewish, although not particularly observant, um, and I converted a while ago, shortly before our wedding. So I have to bring this up. I think a, a big part of why uh, being Jewish has been at times culturally more seamless for me is that I come from a Polish family, a Polish Catholic family. And did you know that in December, we have a holiday where we make donuts, fried do red jelly filled fried donuts. It's called Punchki Day. So donuts around this time of the year actually go together for me. It was kind of, it was a funny revelation for me. And it just goes, you know, I think a lot of the religion, you know, a lot of it is the culture and, and I was saying I grew up in a Polish family, so I can make borscht to, you know, that would impress anybody, you know, even my Jewish mother-in-law, so, you know. I just want to name that all three of the guests on this episode are Jews who are part of Ashkenazi Jewish culture. Jenny and Lucy through birth and upbringing, and Cecily through conversion into a family with those practices. There are many ways of engaging in Hanukkah that have nothing to do with jelly donuts, sufganyot, or with latkes. And one of the interesting things to think about is the fact that Cecily's family, which was Polish, had the same tradition and kind of makes me wonder where we got it. And that particular wondering connects back to a lot of the conversation we had at BJ about where the line is between not only Jewish and Christian, but between religious and secular. Is it possible to have secular traditions as part of what could be considered a celebration of Christmas? There's a distinction between lighting the menorah and what people do when they celebrate Christmas. When we celebrate Christmas, it is completely secular. Lighting the menorah is a religious activity because it, it has a very specific meaning. The tree is not related to Christ, right? It's a pagan thing. Certainly the gift exchange has nothing to do with that. You know, that, that most of the things when people talk about celebrating Christmas that they like are not religious in nature, as like far as I know. celebrating with their families and things. I just feel like if Christmas for so many people is already very open, I feel like it would be fun if it was just kind of almost less like people have to like make sure to steer clear of it when they're talking to someone who's Jewish because it's like it's not part of their religion when in fact for so many people that I know who celebrate Christmas it's not spiritual at all and it's more of a Thanksgiving like oh let's see all of our family. The story that I would tell is I would say we celebrate Christmas with your grandparents like this is their thing their party that they throw that we attend. We're Jewish, my husband's not, and we're American, my husband's not. So I basically get all the holidays, and I felt like they get Christmas, which is really theirs. That seemed like a fair division. So we basically, for Christmas, were always in England. And my family's made a very clear decision. I was with my husband for a really long time before we got married, and when we were really young, so I laid the seeds early that we were gonna raise our children Jewish. I'm not sure why it matters, but I do still pretty much keep that line, which is we celebrate when we're with them. And when I was younger, like, we were just a couple without kids. We did the midnight mass at really old, freezing cold, but totally beautiful medieval churches in England. But, like, they don't do that now. It's, it's not like that at all, and it's really... So I'm not sure why I've adhered so closely to that line. And when I was young, really young, my, my grandparents, again, not my parents, my grandparents would, like, have a tree. And I remember that being just super fun. But I always went to Hebrew school. It was never a doubt. I'm not entirely sure why we care so much. And yet I do.
Christmas was really nice when I was young. I mean, but a lot of it is the commercialism, right? You know, I didn't enjoy going to mass. We did have to go to midnight mass, which is crazy because then you're up all night waiting for Santa. Santa comes and you go get the gift. So I don't know, we must have slept three or four hours. It is a religious holiday, I make no mistake. I know it's a religious holiday, but I didn't have any real religious connection to it. it I couldn't see past the trees and the decorations and the gifts and all of that. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And I do, I think I'll, I'll also say that, you know, I realized after a few years after I'd converted, I felt it was really important for me to let some of my older relatives know that, you know, I didn't choose to become Jewish because there was anything, you know, I didn't have fond memories of Christmas. And then I'm aware of like what they made for me and how they did it was really, really special. But the other thing that's interesting, and this is very kind of superficial, but Christmas trees are kind of a pain. I mean, it's really intentional, right? <laughs> like you go and then you get these, trees that have been cut down and you bring them into your apartment and they shed all over the place. My aunt, they used to have this like vacuum cleaning system that went into the wall and every year they'd have to cut out a big square in the ceiling because all the needles would clog up the, the roof. So, so it does seem like it's like you're really doing something very intentional, very driven. And it's not just about, you know, making something that's traditionally served on Christmas. I mean, it seems like kind of a big deal to do. I do think that people might question my religious affinity if I got a Christmas tree, for me personally. I mean, let me tell you, converting is not an easy thing to do. Like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I spent, it's a long process and I don't think that I would do that just to go get the Christmas tree. Okay, so pause for just a second. I didn't anticipate doing this, but based on the conversation that we had at BJ, I ended up doing a bit of Googling on the history of Christmas trees because there is some confusion. Were they always a Christian symbol? Were they actually something pagan that then became Christian? Is there any way that we could claim them as a secular decoration during this season when most plants are in their, shall we say, brown and icky stage? Here's what I found out. During the Roman festival of Saturnalia, there was a practice of bringing evergreen boughs into the home. This holiday happened to fall at the end of December, and some people even believe that the placement of Christmas at the end of December was less a reaction to the actual time of Jesus Christ's birth and more a way to placate the pagans who were considering jumping onto the whole Christianity boat, as it were. This is hardly my area of expertise, but I wanted to at least bring in what I learned about the earliest origins. I also learned that the modern Christmas tree, as we have it now, began in Germany and wasn't actually accepted in the United States as a proper Christian practice until the mid-1800s when the royal family in England started to celebrate with a Christmas tree and that image became popularized here. So I'm not really sure what we do with that. I'm personally concerned about the possibility of taking on a tradition that's not Jewish and trying to make it secular, particularly for Christians for whom Christmas is a deeply religious holiday. But it's also true that for many Americans who don't have a particular religious affiliation, Christmas is a time to get together, to chill, to be with family, and yes, to gather under a tree. I am sort of curious. You know, my mother's amazing at like a table. Like our table, for, she would do incredible things for Thanksgiving. You know, she'd see something in Gourmet Magazine with like strands of, of dried apricots. And I remember one year we had old friends staying with us with a baby from France. And so my mom got to get a tree. And she was born to do a Christmas tree. I mean, she's just, she made it so beautiful. But I am curious, like, I would love to hear from people, like, I mean, and I, again, I say this as someone that's done it, like, what 
is our fear. Like, why mm-hmm. Why is she so good at it? And why, if it's okay, and maybe it's not, but if it's okay for her to do it the year that we have the French friends over, why is it sometimes okay? Or even if you say, okay, it's not my holiday, so I don't do it. But why is it okay to go and just celebrate with you? Or why is it so not okay to do it? If all I want is the tree. <laughs> and if I, if I just love the look and the smell, the tree and the cider, like, why? I mean, if... The only answer I have for myself is like, I want to make sure my kids are comfortable with their Jewish identity, right? That they're not like, I, I, you know, but once it's like, that's clear. And by the way, it never threatened me. And I don't believe it's threatening them because we did all the other stuff we did, which was day in, day out Jewish. Why are we so, why does it have to be a time of angst? For all of the ways in which Judaism has grown and shifted throughout the millennia, we still have a lot of lines that are complex. And so for people like Lucy, who are children of Jews and people who are not Jewish, and for people like Cecily, who became Jews of their own accord as adults, the holiday season, along with the rest of the year, can bring statements and questions that are not necessarily comfortable. My friends will just be like, Oh wow, there's only two really Jewish people in our grade, which means like that both of your parents are Jewish. These are actually Jewish people. I mean, I think it's very much said as in like, oh, you're not Jewish, like kind of like as a joke, but it does kind of feel like just not feel the best. Why should I be any less Jewish? And why, even if neither of my parents are Jewish, like whether I converted or whether I was raised as Jewish or whether I was like raised as both and or more than them, it should be something that has to do with what you want and not like who your parents are. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be like, okay, I want to follow my family's footsteps, then that's still your choice instead of saying from the moment that I'm born that because this is what my parents were raised as or because this is what my parents practiced, that this is suddenly what I am. I get it too, you know, my husband who never comes to shul, like people will, they'll have some kind of random Jewish question, you know, or like something about the law of kashrut, and they'll turn to him and ask him, and he's like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I, I know, actually, I had to take a test, you know, I know this, so. It was almost two years of classes, it was every night, and then I took Hebrew twice a week for a really long time. The only time that I get bothered is when I do get overlooked, you know, and somebody will refer a question to my husband or something like that, or just to somebody else. And, and it does tend to, it's, you know, it's, it's odd, it's usually my cohorts or people my age. Like, my mother-in-law, who like did a whole video on how to do a Shabbat dinner for Chabad and does all this stuff, she, you know, she completely respects and sees me as a Jewish person, but oddly, our friends really don't, or they forget, or something. If you don't go to temple, like, are you, but both your parents are Jewish, are you, are you Jewish enough? You know, my husband has made a real commitment to raising our family Jewish. And for the holidays, it used to be like, we would go all together on the night, and then on the day, I would go with the kids. And I said, you know, if we said we're raising the kids Jewish, it sends a weird message that you're not with us on the next day. Because like, we're either doing this or we're not, and then it sends a very different message that you're not there. And he was like, fair enough. And so he goes now. But my sister's family does it differently. He goes the night before, and I sit with a little bit of judgment, like, where is he? Oh, he's at work. Oh, I see. But you know, that's I think that's who's who's to say what the rules are, and and those rules are as often in history used against us as they are for us. 
And yet, and yet, there is there has to be something to being Jewish, right? It's belief in the Torah, exactly, or it's belief in God, not exactly. Probably, you know, belief in Christ as the leader would be a bit at a certain <laughs> point, you know, counter to what it is to be Jewish. So getting back to Christmas, is it possible to have a Christmas celebration that doesn't acknowledge Christ as a leader? For Jenny and Lucy's family, there's an extra wrinkle to the question of whether or not Christmas celebration is a religious thing, because sometimes they don't even celebrate in December. We do it at my grandparents' house, even if it's not Christmas. So often nowadays for winter break, We'll go, and then the next year we'll go for spring break, and then kind of alternating. And even when we go for spring break, we do a kind of Christmas in April. Sometimes if they can, they'll save a tree. Usually they don't, but it will kind of just be like on that day. Because very much with them, it's more secular and more more just during the day. Then we'll have like a five-course meal that's like handcrafted. And then that night, almost kind of like Thanksgiving, like we'll have like a late lunch and then we'll just have like tea and bread and scones for like dinner time, I guess. Yeah, and like Christmas pudding and Christmas cake. And it feels like, I don't know, it's never been really like, oh, it's on Christmas. It's just like, it kind of just feels like an excuse to like have a really nice day and get to, <laughs> um, and get to decorate. But is it really secular? Can we say that even when Lucy and her parents and grandparents celebrate Christmas in April, with a tree if it's possible, or with Christmas pudding, that it's a completely separate, secular, non-religious occasion? Does symbolism actually matter? The punchkis that Cecily grew up eating were probably Polish in origin and not explicitly Jewish, at least when we first started using them as part of our Hanukkah celebrations. But they became a symbol for the amount of oil that survived the eight nights in our myth of the holiday. So is it really possible to divorce the symbols, even symbols as simple as food, from the holidays that they're a part of and the religions that they helped perpetuate? And if we don't know about the symbolism, does it make it better or worse? Okay, one little custom that I did decide that I wanted to start doing. They're known as Ukrainian Easter eggs, but we do them Polish eggs, and it's a very ornate artistic expression of these eggs, and you dip them in multiple dye, and you do this whole wax thing, and I grew up doing them. You know, they're hard for younger kids to do, so a year or two ago, it was about the first age I feel like my daughter could do it. I said, well, let's just go someplace first and do it there, because it's going to be a pain to teach you how to do it, and then we'll start doing it back at home. It's really a fun thing, a crafty little thing. You know, and it was interesting because we they had us watch this movie and I just forgot like how Christian it really was. Like every single symbol was, and then you put this in for the birth of Christ and then you put this in for the, so you know, we went, we did it. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to regroup here and like, really come up with a whole different way of doing this. I decided to start calling them Polish Passover eggs. The conversation got so interesting around all of the issues of Christmas and what belongs to Jews and what doesn't and what's secular and what's religious that we drifted a little bit away from one of the things I wanted to get to with this episode, which is what does Hanukkah look like for these families where Judaism and other traditions, either cultural or religious or both, are in play? 
I do like to celebrate Hanukkah. When I was converting, I did ask a rabbi, I was like, is it okay to like go all out and decorate and do all this crazy stuff for Hanukkah? And, or is that just reactionary to Christmas? And the rabbi was like, you know what? Hanukkah is its own holiday. And when you go overboard and try and make everything too Hanukkah-like with all the cards and, you know, with all the decorations and everything, then, you know, you're sort of just replacing Christmas with something. And you're again, losing the focus of what the holiday is all about. So Hanukkah is not something that, you know, we, um, we don't give 30 presents every night. We, we do something simple and more often than not, my daughter's in school all day and she comes home. And I'm excited this year because my daughter will have break during Hanukkah. So I'm actually really excited this year. Other times, you know, she gets home from school and I'm like, here's your gift. Let's light the candle. Here's some reheated latkes, you know, and go do your homework. But this year I, I haven't totally planned out everything, but you know, this year should be a little bit more special. I don't believe in the making Hanukkah into Christmas. That just is like, right. no. And it doesn't work. Then you see the end caps at the store. It's like the entire store, there's five aisles of Christmas, and then it's like, we're going to have the blue and white section. Yeah, you know, and it's, no, it's, it feels weak and silly. Or you walk along the street, and there's like Christmas things in the window, and then they're like, oh, look, we have a menorah. For, for Hanukkah, there's specific things. The reason you do the oil is because of the holiday. It's because of a religiously-based thing. For me, Hanukkah has always been a lot more religious than Christmas has been. And I don't know, because the thing is, is I think most people who are celebrating Hanukkah are doing it more for, like, spiritual reasons and not to, like, get a Hanukkah bush for, like, their house. For me, it's always felt like people on Hanukkah are like, okay, let's throw in some gifts on the days to, like, make it seem more like Christmas. I don't know if that's most people's intent. I think it's very much, like assumed that Hanukkah is like all about like, oh, what did you get last night and things like that. And I think that's kind of, at least in my head, Hanukkah is not really just about the gift giving and isn't really centered around that. We don't make a big deal of gift giving in my house. And when I was growing up, it was definitely no guarantee that you got eight gifts. And I definitely don't always plan eight gifts. I'm kind of running around like, oh, tonight we have... <laughs> yeah, I did, I did um, these emer school backpack emergencies, right? They were like, I made little kits for them, which had like, you know, $5 and like a Starbucks card and like a toothbrush, you know, like to keep in their backpack. Isn't that genius? I actually was in an art, I was interviewed for an article of like how much she spend on gifts. And I was like, we don't spend that much money on gifts because first of all, like one night is the grandparents gift. One night is the aunt's gift. One night is each other's gift. So we don't spend that much. In our house, it's, we always have one night, usually the first night with my sister's family where we do the traditional latkes, dreidel and that sort of thing. And then we say the prayers every night. It is often that sort of slightly rushed thing. Yeah. Maybe there's one more night that we get invited somewhere or we have people over. Hanukkah is really like a historical, it's a really a historic celebration, mm -hmm. more than really a religious celebration. I mean, I guess it's a miracle, and in that sense it's religious, but. So I'll add in another weird part of my story is that my husband actually comes from an Orthodox family in Brooklyn. And my mother-in-law is actually somewhat well-known in the Chabad community. What I like about Hanukkah is that with my husband's family, they are all Shomer Shabbos and Shomer Yantif. They observe the um, halakhic law of no work, no travel by car, no turning on lights, no photographs from sundown approximately, Friday night, until Havdalah, which is a little bit after sundown Saturday. But also this carries on to all of the holidays that we know. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the first few days of Sukkot, first few days of uh, Pesach. 
My mother-in-law has loosened up a lot, but some of the rule too is that you can't ask a Jew to actually break any of these rules. So she can't actually ask us to come over for Shabbat dinner because we might come after the Shabbos candles are lit, but she can call and say, oh, I think I'm going to be having Shabbos dinner just to let you know. And then so sometimes we would show up in a car, right? So what brings me back to Hanukkah is that this is actually a day that everybody can come together. We can all get in our cars. We can all drive. My husband can bring his camera and he loves to take photographs. We can unwrap gifts because there's no tearing of paper on these holidays. We can cook some holidays. You can cook some you can't. So for us, I think, although you know, you talk about like not wanting to turn Hanukkah into Christmas, I suppose it is in a way because it's, it's not super religious. I mean, this isn't like a day where we're fasting or it's not a day of reflection or any of that. This is actually a day where, even though we may be trying to get a parallel of Christmas, this is a day that we all do come together and it is sort of more of a festive party. So, so that is the Hanukkah spirit to us. That, that is what Hanukkah is in our house. So this may be one episode where we leave with more questions than answers, but there are a few things that I do know. On December 22nd, the 25th of Kislev, on the first night of Hanukkah, Jews all over the world are going to light Hanukkiot, are going to light menorahs, and are going to add a little bit of brightness to the darkest time of the year. And three days later, on Christmas, December 25th, a bunch of Christians, and a bunch of people who wouldn't necessarily identify as Christian, but have people in their lives that celebrate Christmas, are going to gather for a similar purpose. Different stories inform where we come from, different practices inform how we celebrate, and these holidays aren't the same. But the one thing we do know about them is that this year, they'll bring people together, and the nights are long right now. So the more we can be in community, the better off we're going to be. And on that, I think we can agree. Deep thanks to Jenny and Lucy McAllister-Nevins and to Cecily Schwimmer for being the guests on this episode, to B'nai Jeshrin and the Jewish Home Project, and to Labshul for all of the support, and for the audience members who joined us for our live recording. It'd be great to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter and on SoundCloud at Ju2Podcast. And you can also reach out over email at Ju2Podcast at gmail.com and of course through our website, Ju2Podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next month with a new episode. In the meantime, wishing you happy holidays, whatever they may look like for you. Thanks for listening.